1: his might. Another, admonition: Be strong in the Lord. The Lord is our strength. When we are weak, he is strong. The weaker we are, the stronger he is. Or the more we submit, the stronger he becomes. This is a great admonition: Be strong in the Lord. He says, finally, my brethren, Paul does. Be strong in the Lord. Many of us are weak in and of ourselves. In and of ourselves, we're weaklings, but we need to be the strong in the Lord
0: and the power of his might. The only way to overcome is through the power of God's strength and the power of His might. When we feel we can't do it on our own, we're flirting with disaster. But Pastor Dave brings us today into the fullness of the idea that though we are weak, we are strong because of the power of God at work inside of us. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Kings chapter 2 as he begins his message, A Change in Solomon.
1: You are sure. First Kings, second chapter. Although Solomon had been anointed king by his father, David, the threat from Ageniah and his group had been put down. David was still concerned about his young son taking over the duties of the kingdom and all that was entailed. It's estimated that Solomon right now is 16 years old. And you can see why his father might be a little worried about what was about to transpire. As a father, David was concerned about Solomon's walk with the Lord. I think that's beautiful. David had a wonderful personal relationship with God. If you don't realize that, just take a walk and read through the Psalms and see this great and wonderful relationship that David had. As he expresses himself in the Psalms. But he had this great relationship with God, and he wanted Solomon, his son, to follow in his footsteps in that area because David knew all too well the price of disobedience. David knew all too well. But David was concerned about the future of the kingdom, he, he had seen Israel divided. And under his rule, Israel had come together. Instead of two nations, they were now one nation under God. They had come back together. They reunited again. But now, in the hands of Solomon, David was concerned about the future. He was concerned about God's covenant with Israel. He was concerned about God's covenant with him and his children and their children's children concerning the Messiah. David was extremely concerned about all these things that were happening. He also knew the pain the nation felt when he sinned and the price that the nation had to pay, thinking of the 70,000 people that died when he numbered the people and had to choose a plague as one of the consequences. None of us want to see our children make the same mistakes that we made. None of us want to see our children walk down the same paths that we walked. And David's no different. David loves his children. In fact, we talked about that. David loved his children to the point of spoiling them, to the point of being really lenient with them. And some of the consequences that he had was because of the leniency that he had with his kids. But we want our children to follow the Lord. We want desperately, and and those of you, and, and myself included, who have prodigals, we pray daily that the prodigals would come home. And the prodigals would return to the Lord because we know the importance of following the Lord with our whole heart. And we know the consequences of not following the Lord. David knew that all too well. David wanted his children to have a personal relationship with God. And he tried to be their example, even though we know he fell terribly. He still tried to be the example that his children would look at and want to mirror, want to follow. And I love the Apostle Paul and even John in his first epistle. They basically say, follow me as I follow Christ. Can you say that? Can you honestly look at someone and say, follow me as I follow Christ? That's a tough thing to say. You need to take a real inventory of yourself and be like David and search me, O Lord, see if there's any wicked way in me. Try me, O oh Lord. You know me. We have to sit before the Lord. But that's what David wanted to do. David lived an extremely hard life. He was anointed king at 15, but he didn't become king until he was 30. He constantly ran from King Saul. And all that time, when King Saul tried to kill him. He lived in caves of Engedi. And he was a mighty warrior, he fought battles, killed Goliath. Killed Goliath and his brothers. He was a mighty warrior. He defeated all of Israel's enemies. David was a strong man, but he lived a rugged life. He restored the nation Israel to one, but he also organized kingdom affairs. And if you read the book of Chronicles, First and Second Chronicles, they mirror Samuel and 1 Kings. They mirror it, and they'll tell you that during the time of David, He wanted to build the temple. Remember the Davidic covenant? We talked about that in 2 Samuel Samuel 12. David wanted to build the temple, but he could not. Solomon was going to build the temple, but if you read the account in Chronicles, David spent a lifetime gathering all the material. He got everything ready for his son to build the temple. That's David calling now. So as I said, he ran a very hard life, an extremely hard life. He had made these preparations. But although he would be considered, David would be considered the greatest king of Israel, and to this day, he is considered the greatest king Israel ever had, aside from the king Jesus Christ, which they don't really recognize. What is he most remembered for? The sin with Bathsheba and the murder of her husband. And that's what he's voted for. David lived a rugged and tough life. But not Solomon. Solomon grew up with the palace. He was a pampered pup. He, he grew up in the palace and was pampered constantly. He never even had an enemy until Adjaniah ascended to the throne and tried to, tried, tried to do away with him. And even then, I'm not so sure Solomon even knew that Adjaniah was his enemy. And I love what one commentator said. He said, quote, Solomon never had to face the giants of life as David did. Solomon had a softer life, if you will. So David was concerned. David was concerned, but Solomon was king. Solomon had been anointed king, and David, being his father, wanted to pass on some fatherly advice to his son, but he wanted to exhort him also. He wanted to send him on the right direction. So he charges Solomon. Look at verse 1 of chapter 2. Now the days of David drew near that he should die, and he charged Solomon his son. He charges Solomon his son. The Hebrew word here used for charge simply means he commands or he gives orders or he gives instructions. In other words, like, son, I'm going to give you some of my wisdom now at the end of my life so that you won't have the same pitfalls that I had when I came through. I want you to have a better life than I, which is a lot like what we want. We want our kids to have a better life than we had. And we want them to know the Lord. I'm sure David is lamenting about his life, and he doesn't want to see Solomon make those same mistakes. So he calls Solomon in. But David knew the value of a good relationship with the Lord, and that was first and foremost on David's mind, Solomon's relationship to God. He had a great relationship, as I said, with the Lord, good times, bad times, in between times. He knows he's going to die. He knows his time is near, and he tells Solomon to put the Lord first. Look at verse 2. I go the way of all the earth, Be strong, therefore, and prove yourself a man. Be strong, therefore, and prove yourself a man. This is a father telling his son, who is now king of a very big nation, to be strong and prove yourself a man. Did David see a weakness in Solomon? Maybe. We're not sure. Was Solomon going to be challenged in life more than David was? We're not sure at this time. He says, be strong and prove yourself a man. And when I read these words, it sounded a lot like what the Lord told Joshua when Joshua came into the land. Remember way back in Joshua? We studied it a few uh, years ago. Well, we did when when he said to him in verse six of, of Joshua one, be strong and of good courage. For this people you shall divide as an inheritance which the land I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand to the left hand that you may prosper. So he's saying be strong in the Lord. Be strong. He says this twice even back down in the chapter back down I think in verse 8 or 9 he says it again. Be strong. Be strong in the Lord. What did Paul say to us? What did Paul say to the Ephesian church in Ephesus 6, Ephesians 6, 10? Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Another, admonition: Be strong in the Lord. The Lord is our strength. When we are weak, he is strong. The weaker we are, the stronger he is, or the more we submit, the stronger he becomes. This is a great admonition. Be strong in the Lord. He says, finally, my brethren, Paul does. Be strong in the Lord. Many of us are weak in and of ourselves. In and of ourselves, we're weaklings, but we need to be the strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Paul declares that you would glory in your weakness, but the power of God might be revealed in him. He said, because when I am weak, he is strong. God's power is revealed in weakness when we come before him in truth. When you think you stand, you're probably going to fall because that's when you're in trouble. That's when pride gets in the way. When you're in your most vulnerable state is when you think, "I got this made. I got this covered." Happens a lot in the addiction circles. "I've beat this thing. I can handle it now." No, you can't, not without the Lord. All your strength comes from the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength, and we become strong in him. The more we follow him, the more we seek him, the more we get to know him, the more we read his word, the more we fellowship, the more we pray. Peter thought he was real strong. Peter thought he was one of the strong. He must have been very, very strong. Can you imagine his arms? He probably had Popeye arms. I mean, go think about it. What did he do all day? Pulling nets. And they're hard alone, let alone to have fish in them. Those bad boys are hard. So he pulled, that's what he did all day long. He thought himself strong. And what did he say? I'll never deny you, Lord. (laughs) I'll never deny you. No way will I deny you. No, I'll go to death with you. I'll fight for the death. (laughs) No, Peter. Before the cock throws three times, you'll deny me. You'll deny me. You know the story. Peter felt strong, but he failed miserably. He failed miserably because his strength was in himself. Like I said, Chronicles tells us about how David commissioned Solomon to build the temple. And he used these words about the Lord. He will not fail you or forsake you. Solomon was telling David about the Lord. He's not going to fail you. He won't forsake you. And I love in, go back to Joshua. And if you go back into the end of Joshua... At the end of Joshua in Joshua twenty one listen to what it says here in Joshua twenty one verses 43 to forty five so the Lord gave Israel all the land to which he had sworn to give their fathers, and they took possession of it and dwelt in it and the Lord gave them rest all around according to all that he had sworn of their fathers, and not a man of all their enemies stood against them. the Lord delivered, delivered all their enemies into their hand here 's the kicker not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel, all came to pass. What a great promise. All came to pass. Everything God said that would happen, happened. And this is what David is telling Solomon. Listen, put your trust in God, put your trust in the Lord, and everything will come to pass. Everything will happen. David was well aware of the help and the strength that came to God who trusted him. Remember the big contest with Goliath? He knew the Lord was going to deliver Goliath into his hand. He knew that the Lord would deliver him into his hand if he would just stand up to him. And in Psalm 138, verse 3, David says, In the day I cried to you, you answered me and strengthened me with strength in my soul. The Lord is an ever-present help in time of trouble. He's always with us. Good times, bad times, in between times. I'll never leave nor forsake you is a promise we have from Jesus Christ himself. And he sits there, right. He's here with us tonight. He's in wherever two or three gather and he appears in their midst. We welcome him here. He's our strength. He's our hope. He's everything we need. And we need to trust in him more. We need to trust. Yeah, I know that we trust in him when the times get rough. Sometimes when the times get rough and I cry out to the Lord, I believe he's saying, oh, now you come to me. We need to trust him all the time, all the time. I told you the story I read in one of Chuck Smith's books about how uh, back in the early days he didn't have any money and he was worried about where the groceries were going to come from and he was crying and moaning and groaning and he was crying and someone came to him and gave him a check for the cover of the groceries. And he started, he was all happy and he said all of a sudden he stopped. He felt the Lord say to him, oh yeah, how come you weren't cheering me a couple minutes ago? Who gave you that check? A man gave you the check. Who told the man to give you the check? I did. But you weren't praising me a couple minutes ago. Now you're praising me because you got the money. You see what I'm trying to say here? All of our lips should constantly be praised to him. And I know it's difficult. I know tough get, life gets tough and, and, and we have burdens upon us. And I know they're heavy. But man, if we would just get the, get the strength to praise the Lord in the midst of these circumstances, get the strength to praise Him in the midst of these things, circumstances might not change, but you'll change in the midst of the circumstance. You'll get strong. You'll get tough. You'll, get, you'll, you'll be there. David said, put the Lord first. Listen to what he says in verses 3 and 4. And keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in His ways, to keep His statutes, His commandments, His judgments, and His testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do, and wherever you turn, that the Lord may fulfill His word, which He spoke concerning me, saying, If your sons take heed to their way, to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul, He said, You shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel." David says these things to his son Solomon. He says them loud. Keep the charge of the Lord your God. David knows that there is no strength outside the Lord. How many times, how many times when we're going through something and we pray, and all of a sudden we go, stand back, Lord, I got this one. And we try to dig in with both hands. Usually there's not a good result when that happens. At least not for me. There's never a good result when that happens. But he's always our strength. There is no strength outside of Christ. There is no strength outside of the Lord. David was commanding Solomon to have a personal, close relationship. He said, walk in his ways. Walk in his ways. And this phrase in Hebrew means continually walk. It's not a one-time walk. Well, I followed you this, Lord, Lord. I'm going to go on my own now. No, we follow him all of our life. Jesus said, pick up your cross daily and follow me. We're to follow him constantly. It's not a one-time shot. It's not when everything is going great. We follow him on a constant basis. We're always following him. David says, walk with the Lord. Walk with the Lord. And, And, you know, David wrote this in Psalm 1. I love it. He says, verse 1, 2, 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, and that's Brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. What a beautiful thing here. We have the word esher, which means happiness or contentment. Oh, how happy, blessed. Oh, how happy to be right with God, to be strength with God. Blessed of the man is happiness. A blessedness, a contentment, because I'm walking with the Lord. I don't know about you, but... When I wasn't walking with the Lord, when I didn't accept the Christ, there was no contentment in my life. It was a struggle. Everything was a struggle. There was no contentment. But now in Christ, He is my contentment. He is my peace. He's my joy. He's my comfort. He's my hope. He's my all in all. And without Him, I'm nothing. Oh, you just use Christ as a crutch. No, I don't. I use Him as the entire thing. In fact, I'm not a crutch. He's not a crutch at all. He's carrying me. And I'm happy about that. Oh, how happy is a man who is straight with God. You know, that's, the, that's, the, that's, that's kind of like a colloquial phrase. Well, let's get straight with me now. Be straight. Well, be straight with God. God knows what's going on anyhow. Blessed is a man who does not do certain things, who does not walk in that path or doesn't go this way, doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful and, you know, those kind of things. But, His delight is where? In the law of the Lord. He says, when we think and behave to belong to God. He says, the righteous man and the ungodly man are different in how they think, how they behave, and to whom they belong. We are supposed to behave differently as Christians. We're supposed to think differently as Christians because we belong to the Most High God. You are His children. You are sons and daughters of the Most High God. You are His sheep. And he is our shepherd, and he takes care of us. David said, keep his statues. It means his manners, his ordinances, and even his customs. Keep his commandments, which means the law. Keep his judgments, which means the divine law, but it also has a judicial air. there. He says, keep his testimonies, which is keep his witness. Keep his witness, and, and there are some places in Scripture where they didn't want to do certain things so that the Gentiles would have reason to blaspheme God. Do people have reason to blaspheme God because of your actions? Because the things that you do on a regular basis or want to do? Now, we all make mistakes, and mistakes are going to happen, and we might do something that we don't want to do. You know, Paul's great for that. The things I want to do, I don't do. The things I want to do, I do all the time. Things I don't want to do, I do them too. So we, 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 sometimes we get confused. But the witness comes forth in following Jesus Christ. As was written in the law of Moses, he says, remember what I told you last week? I said that the king of Israel, each king of Israel, had to take and copy the book of Deuteronomy by hand. This was in Deuteronomy. They had to do this. It was a way of memorizing the law. It was a way of memorizing law, and it was a way of getting close to God. And we read in Joshua, I read it for you, he says, Only be strong and very courageous that you observe to do all according to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. And do not turn from it, the law, to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper. There it is. If you keep the law, you'll prosper. They will be prospering. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate it day and night that you observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. You know what they call that? That's a conditional promise. That is a conditional promise. Did you hear the then's, the if's? It's a conditional promise that we will have. Through Christ, we have those things. Read, read Ephesians 1. We have so many blessings through Jesus Christ. It's been given to us by the grace, by his death on the cross. We've been given to that by the mercy of God. We've been giving so many things. What J- Moses said to Joshua, David is saying to Solomon and his command to Solomon, keep the commandments and the ordinance and the statutes of the Lord. If you do that, Solomon, you're going to prosper. You're going to do well. You're going to do well. The key to prosperity is obedience to the laws of God. Whoever does these things shall prosper. Excellent advice for a dad to a son, don't you think? Excellent advice for a dad to the son. That's how we should be with our children. We should be that way. David reminds him of God's conditional promise. It is a conditional promise. David reminded Solomon of a special covenant that the Lord had made with David. We call it the Davidic Covenant. He made this covenant with David, saying that one would sit on the throne forever. You are assured
0: Our time with you is coming to an end today on a Sure Hope. On our next edition, Pastor Dave Shank will continue this journey through the Book of First Kings. But for now, you can listen to more teachings from this series online at AssureHopeRadio.com. We encourage you to download these messages so that they're available wherever you go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for a Sure Hope and see the latest editions as soon as they're posted. If you're enjoying these teachings and would like to get more involved with the church behind this ministry, we We'd love to meet you at Calvary Chapel, Cape May for a time of worship and Bible study. We meet weekly on Sundays at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. Give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Otherwise, you can visit AsureHopeRadio.com for times and directions. And if you're not able to join us in person, we're streaming our services on Facebook Live and on YouTube. Just look for the link on our website at AsureHopeRadio.com. Thanks for listening to today's message in the book of First Kings. We pray you continue to be blessed as you study the Word and that you discover how God's doing great things in your life. We look forward to you joining us again as Pastor Dave has more to share from First Kings. But until then, we encourage you to read through the Bible on your own and tune in next time on A Sure Hope.